This podcast was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the series being covered here would not exist. Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 fan cast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and Neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome to Artie's Attic, a Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor with a co-ed purple goo shower specialty cleanup. Yeah, I'm SB. Leading the Artie's Attic Warehouse agents is Shannon, who kidnapped us and force-fed us cookies until we agreed to podcast with her. That's awesome. Yes, I force-fed you. Let's go. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. And now... Recording her third podcast ever and fresh back from vacation is longtime sci-fi fan and collector of geek earrings, Agent Carolyn. Lots of geek earrings. And so, and uh, at least I don't smell fudge. I haven't smelled fudge yet. I like to smell apples. (laughs) We'll get there eventually, Shannon. It's a different podcast. Okay. Well, a different episode. This will be this podcast, but it'll be many, many episodes in the future. On this episode, we're going to continue our discussion of the mystical masterpiece from before there was an Amazon Home Assistant, Warehouse 13, Season 1, Episode 3, Magnetism. I thought it was a good episode. I told you it wouldn't take you very long before Micah and Pete started forming that partnership and a friendship. And at the end of this one, you finally see it. (laughs) Yeah, except for the, uh, you know, it's not he's he's not her type. She would like somebody with opposable thumbs. Plus, he was subjected to domestic abuse. (laughs) Yes. He liked it. You know he did. (laughs) Smacked him right in the nose several times. This episode premiered July 21st, 2009. It was directed by Jace Alexander. He also directed the pilot. We went over his directing credits in episode one. He has 49 of them. Starting in 1994, including two episodes of Xenia, Warrior Princess. You mean Xena? I do. I get confused because I live next to a town called Xenia. Literally, Xenia with an Ah. I before the A. So my apologies. Just making sure. Just making sure we'll talk about the same thing. It was written by Jack Kinney, who's the showrunner. He has 15 writing credits since 1987, including six episodes of Caroline in the City. 54 episodes of Titus, 8 episodes of Warehouse 13, 2 episodes of Falling Skies, and 2 episodes of Jessica Jones. It was co-written by Benjamin Robb, who has 10 writing credits since 2007, including 25 episodes of Afterworld, 17 episodes of the series Warehouse 13, 
four episodes of The Flash, four episodes of Arrow. I did cover Benjamin Rabb over on Arrow. And then two episodes of the newer Quantum Leap. So guys, did you notice, or ladies, I guess, did you notice some of the more adept guest stars in this episode? Do you know where they were from? Uh, the first time, I don't remember his name. The, the guy that played the paramedic, he was from SGU. So he played Ross. His name was Ivan Sergi. He has 65 acting credits since 1990, including 23 episodes of Once a Thief, 22 episodes of Crossing Jordan, 11 episodes of Charmed, the old one, not the newer one, and 10 episodes of Gravity. That's where I've seen him from, Charmed. There you go. The old one. Not the new one. I wouldn't, no. The new one was, uh, I bailed on that one. It was one of the many, many series on sci-fi that I bailed on. Good choice. Anybody else? Uh... Oh, they, they played the, the cop. The guy that played the cop, I've seen him in something too. Oh, okay. I didn't go into his IMDb. I can find that really quick. Who's the father? Cornell Womack was the sheriff. He has 54 acting credits. Which is a lot. He was in the newsroom. One episode of the was newsroom. Was he in I don't think so. I don't see him there. No. He goes back to 2002. So he's a 2000 actor. He was in one episode of Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, I think that's where I know him from. I watched that show. I liked that show. I was very sad when they canceled that show. The father, Father Braid, was played by Philip Craig, who has 83 acting credits since 1996, including The Prince and Me, Time Traveler's Wife, an episode of The Handmaid's Tale, an episode of The Umbrella Academy, which I haven't seen. Have you ladies seen The Umbrella Academy? I've Once. seen most of the first season. I haven't seen anything after that. I need to watch it. It's, it's on the list. It's a long list at the bottom, right? It's a huge list. And, you know, if we keep going with this writer's strike, then maybe I'll be able to catch up with some of my lists. That's my plan. He also did 11 episodes of the Hardy Boys series, so he's been around. Also, J.K. Kenny, who played the reporter, I I bet you didn't catch her. She was really at the beginning when the events were starting to happen. She was on TV. Yeah. Yeah, she was on the TV. She's a reporter. She has played eight, a reporter on TV and movies 83 times. No way. Yeah. Must have that. She's always played a reporter. Must I'm not a reporter, but I play one on TV. <laughs> I think she is a reporter. She played a reporter in Earth Final Conflict, in four episodes of Monk, in an episode of The Newsroom, Fever Pitch, that movie in 2005, that baseball movie, Pacific Rim. Talk about being typecast. Or maybe she does it purposely. An episode right. of Shit's Creek. I, I bet you, uh, I mean, if you're a reporter, it's like, hey, I'll do this movie. I'll do this. Yeah, I, I, I would probably be really good at that. Mm-hmm. Now, you are going to love this last one that I pulled out. We mentioned last week that the guest stars on this are just phenomenal. It's a great series to watch because you get a lot of people coming in because the core cast is so small. You get to bring in a lot of people. Well, Sister Grace Ellen has an uncredited actor by the name of 
Jennifer Vey. Does that name ring a bell to either of you two? By the looks of your face, it should, but I don't know that. <laughs> 79 stunt credits since 1997, oh. including La Femme Nikita, Total Recall 2070, Relic Hunter, Witchblade, believe it or not, Cheaper by the Dozen 2. I like Witchblade. Yeah. Nobody remembers that show. It was in 2000. Cheaper by the Dozen 2, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Nikita, Lost Girl, she played Lauren, or was Lauren's body double. Lost Girl was nice. Defiance, she was Amanda's body double. Oh, okay, that's where... That's, that's where that, you're okay, like, that's you get yours said the best of last. So that no. means you really hit the snow. <laughs> what I'm, snow? I'm, there was no snow for her to hit. There was not a big enough snow bank for her to hit and to not get hurt that much. She would have gone splat. Titans, The Handmaid's Tale, and drumroll, please. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, body double for Lindy Booth. I don't know who Lindy Booth is. She was in the first season. I do, but I don't remember. Who's Lindy Booth? Did she die a red shirt? Lindy Booth was the was the daughter in the second episode that we were just watched. The the gal that I said that was the gal from Librarians that redhead. No, you'd know her if you saw her face. Probably. I'm like, was she red shirt? Did she die? Did she not last long? I don't. But know. I don't remember. Well, who is she in Strange New Worlds? She was in the first, I believe, the first season, and she was one of the guest background characters. Oh. So, yeah, not main crew or anything, red but shirt. she was oh. in there. Red shirt. Red shirt. <laughs> Anybody that's not bridge crew, red shirt. Red shirt. Exactly. Oh, you're not important, red shirt. You're not important, red shirt. All right, Shannon, you liked this episode. You said that before. I like that you finally have the chemistry showing up between Pete and Micah. Because, like I've said before, you don't really like Micah. She's pretty stuck up at the beginning of the first two episodes. So you, she's starting to relax a little bit more. She's starting to understand the assignment. And Pete is starting to be more Pete that you get to know and love throughout the entire series. And I just think that they work well together. Yep. Micah was uh, kicking some serious butt in the beginning there. Uh, kicking the cops while they were trying to take uh, the blade from the guillotine. I love that part. Marie Antoinette's guillotine. That was the first artifact. History. Yes. I know. <laughs> Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, Shannon's going to like the history. <laughs> you no, know I do. I'm here for the history. <laughs> and Micah. But I'm here for the history. <laughs> the blade is an artifact. It is a mm -hmm. conduit for bloodlust and communism, triggered by conjunction of electromagnetic murderians on 14-year cycles, described as perturnaturally sharp, I don't know what perturnaturally means, and to be kept grounded, releases a shockwave of electricity when it falls. Which is the big explosion Which that he we had. saw it do. Got a couple of big explosions because James Braid chair exploded too. Yes, it did. It took a couple After he hacked wax it to pieces. <laughs> it took a couple of wax to get it, but and and in this episode that we don't really if you've never watched it which i can't imagine anybody who's listening to us hasn't but the knock 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 that you finally get at the end of this episode we know who's coming 
Yes. We know who's coming. The Warehouse 13 power grid was designed, as told by Lena, by Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, and M.C. Escher. I think it's funny that M.C. Escher, the person that, like, makes melting clocks and pictures that, you know, keep going, are the one that designed the electrical grid of Warehouse 13. No wonder it always has an attitude. No wonder it has an attitude. It does. You have MC Ishner designing something like this, it's going to have an attitude. Which is why you also have the the Ishner vault, which is what's inside of the warehouse for the the fallen warehouse agents. What I want to know is how do they keep finding fuses to keep this going? Because it's old. And how do they keep finding, like, Artie, like, just kind of wipes one off and blows on it, goes, boink. Oh, yeah, look, there, it still works. I'm like, how do you keep this going? Maybe the warehouse is, like, disproducing them for them. Maybe. I think that's part of needing somebody beyond Artie to come in and do some modernization, but still keep it in the steampunk style that it is. Knock, knock, knock. She's coming. <laughs> Steampunk. Artie was kind of thrown into this warehouse. Like, he's not the one that's supposed to keep everything going. Like, he's supposed to keep everything going, keep all the stuff going, and then keep the warehouse working. And the warehouse doesn't really want him, but he's still got to get everything going. So, this poor guy's trying to just keep it going while also <laughs> snagging, bagging, and tagging. And Poor guy well, just needs you know, it's cake. amazing that he keeps everything in track and he keeps track of everything and, and he keeps it going. And he's you're right, because he used to be just an agent with McPherson. Mm-hmm. So. You're right, it got thrust upon him by Mrs. Frederick, but I think the warehouse and him make a good team because they can talk to each other. He understands it. He knows it. And like I said before, at the very end, he finally gets that gratitude from the warehouse with the apple. So I I just. I love this episode. I look. I like the series in general. I love it. Also, <laughs> on a side note, on a side note, this week I got a new position at my job, and now I'm going to be working in a warehouse. It's really hard nice. for me not to type warehouse thirteen at the end of it, but I am a warehouse agent. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Now we really do need to get you like a badge that says no, warehouse thirteen. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was. I did think it was kind of cool when you're watching Artie trying to scan the network for artifacts. He's got not only like two monitors where it's going just crazy. He's got this mouse that's just he has to move his sideways. He moves his whole hand on it. Like his whole hand has to move on it. And I'm like, what is that? How does he do that? How does he make sense of all of this? And then suddenly picks out one thing and goes, ooh. What's going on in Colorado? We must look at Colorado. I remember seeing him at a con here in Dallas, and he was talking about how he had a large, a humongous amount of, what do they call that? When you just have extra talk. What's the word? Dialogue. Thank you. But he just had dialogue that he had to remember. It was just jargons. And then eventually he just started making it up as he goes, and they just would keep it because he had a lot to remember. Talking about the artifacts, talk about what you got to go do. This is how the, you hit the work, you know. So, Saul Rubinek. He's the man. He's played on Star Trek before, too. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a lot of Star Trek people that came to Warehouse, but he played on Star Trek. Uh, TNG, actually. But I just think he's a good actor, and I think he, I can't imagine anybody else more perfect for this role than him. Yeah. 
I think he's got a sense for the artifacts, just kind of like Pete, except for it's in tune with artifacts. And I think that's why he's still alive versus all the other agents that were around either before him or during his time. So him being able to pick out Unionville, Colorado, I think is just a sense of him on, hey, there's three unexplained things that happened there and it happened in short order. There must have been an artifact involved. You guys need to go and find it before somebody actually dies. It's Artie's vibes. You know, I can't remember the season. It's probably season three. I can't remember the maybe season four when we finally get to learn how artifacts are created. And I think it was for whenever Mrs. Frederick was explaining to Claudia how things work, right? Which she was supposed to be taking over. But you, you learn that it's emotional moments or mm-hmm. that's how you get connected to something. So like the blade coming down, I would imagine that's a very emotional moment. Right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Just a I brief moment. <laughs> Just a brief For second. A brief moment. <laughs> and then it's gone. It, but it creates a connection to the object. And then mm-hmm. it's like rolling down the yeah, then it's gone. Yeah, and it's always uh it's always usually something that is metallic too, because in this in the chair, it was the iron in it that was absorbing all of the energy. Well, some and I then mean, the tuning fork of said energy was the voice. Uh well, in this case the pastor, but they're not I don't think they're priest. all magnetic. I can't remember if he was a priest or a pastor. There was a priest um, or a pastor. Holy Moses. Baker Allen Poe's pen was one. It was, uh, was a artifact also. Yeah. There's stuff that's wooden and stuff. This episode in particular is named magnetism. So you get the magnetism of the guillotine, right. you get the magnetism of the chair. And also we got another, I think artifact. I think it actually is an artifact that Pete got was Joseph Dunninger's watch. Yeah, but it didn't set off any energy when it went spark. in the bag. So I don't think it actually had any where I don't think it had any artifact energy because there would have been like a big flash when it got it pushed spark. into the into the bag and there wasn't any flash. So it may have been an artifact, but I don't I, there was no flash. So but what, what's cool is that you're finally seeing Pete, who never reads the manual, who never understands, but he's <laughs> actually finding he's paying attention to what could be artifacts. Mm-hmm. Well, from Micah's standpoint, she we learn that she can speak French. Yes, because they're in the museum in Paris, and she's actually talking to the guards. Ule la toilette, which is you know, butts, where's yep. the bathroom? Yeah, yeah, and then she yeah kicks her kicks her. Although she does try to use the Tesla, but then low power. Okay. Yeah, she got one shot off. I love in the first season, because later on they fix that problem. In the first season, it's such a dramatic thing, and it shoots back, and it knocks her down almost. It knocks them down. I love, and it it only has one charge. But later on in the season, Well, that was because Pete didn't put put it on the charger before they left. He doesn't follow protocol. No, he never does. But later in the seasons, it, it, it will shoot more than once and you lose that gigantic reverberation that the you know the shot back that they have i just think that was funny i was watching like i remember that i remember this this is so old school warehouse because later <laughs> on they don't have the problem i'm gonna give pete a pass here and the reason why i'm gonna give pete a pass is the poor guy has had his truck blown up in the pilot and now it's somehow in lake michigan so the cool. dude is without a car 
and his favorite truck, it's just not around, and he is mourning his truck. Does that remind you of the uh, sheriff in Eureka and his uh, sheriff's car? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something always happened to that sheriff's car. I like Poor that guy. show. I do. I miss that show. Every time I see Colin, though, on like any Hallmark shows, it's hard for me because I see him as the sheriff and I'm like, where's his Jeep? What's going to come out? Well, well, and it's it like, Maytag? wait, wait, Hallmark, that's not wrong show. But he does the Maytag commercials too. Right? He does. His Maytag. And I still see him as like the mate, you know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> He's still a uniform. It's still the he, same. He does have a uniform on. He has these romantic movies on Hallmark and it's just, it's, I know he really has it hard. in him. I know he has it in him. It's it's like the basis of his character in Eureka, actually. But yeah. you're watching this and you're going, I have to dumb down my understanding of Colin because he is doing this romantic thing on Hallmark. Not that Hallmark, you have to dumb down or anything, but because the ladies that he is assigned to in his romance, it's like, you can't imagine them in Eureka. It's like, yeah oh oh, yeah they wouldn't be the same yeah you know for a brief second let's go here i don't mind the hallmark channel i don't but when you are a fan of certain people like you said you got to dumb down yourself because okay this is hard to get through it's hard to watch let me let me just watch this on mute because i'm a fan (laughs) (laughs) cat burrell my favorite Officer Hot from Winona, Kat Burrell, she does, since she's left Winona, she's done a lot of Hallmark movies. Yeah, because there's a lot of money in it. And she did a lot, yeah. she did um, The Good Witch with Catherine Bell, which is another one of my favorites. But some I of like the stuff I watch just movie. because of her, but I'm like, oh, I, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I can't do this. I, there's one of them, I can't even remember what it was, but that's this Cabin Connection, I couldn't even finish it, but I'm like, I want to say I've seen her. I've seen her. I love you, but I can't. I got. I got to have some more sci-fi in it. Where's my officer hot? Yeah, right it's here. funny to watch those, and then all of a sudden you see one of them, and you're like, "Ooh, oh, Wait, that's just wrong." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these two are not the same. Wait, you're totally not being the right way. Wait, where that's is your like, character? That's like <laughs> go from wine uh, from from Warehouse 13 to Defiance. I'm like. It's not the same. Don't drink the tea, right? Don't drink the tea. Don't drink the tea. Or over here, she's British and she's drinking tea all the time. Don't drink her tea. Just saying. Well, some actors do make the transition to Hallmark very, very well. Brandon Routh actually has several Hallmark holiday movies, like three in the same character. And yeah. it is Brandon Routh. It's just, he is, you can see him in He's the Brandon movie. Brandon Routh. He played Superman. He also played in Arrow and The Flash. Mm-hmm. The Atom. No. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see the face. You need and to show Shannon like, pictures. You can't yeah. name off names. You need to show Shannon well, pictures. I've then spent be fine. too many years. I've spent over 25 years in, in security law enforcement. Show me the picture. I could do a mugshot. Couldn't tell you the name. Needs, Shannon needs the picture. Couldn't tell you the name, but I can show you the picture. Hmm. This All right, one. I'm working on it right now. Just hold on your horses. <laughs> <laughs> Got to find a good picture of him. Hmm. There we go. There's one. There's my picture. <laughs> yeah. 
It looks like a knockoff of Tom Cruise. Yeah, that one kind of does. Maybe this one's a little bit better. Probably the same. It, it does better. have the Tom Cruise. It looks look better at- than Tom Cruise. Okay. Hey, I actually met him in person here at uh, Rose City. Okay. He was at Rose City. Now one I know who that is. With you the should, Superman costume? You should have led with that. I did. I said he played that. Superman. <laughs> no, I mean the picture. The picture. You should have led with the picture. All right. <laughs> this episode was supposed to take place in Unionville, Colorado. It was actually filmed in Unionville, Ontario. So at least they got Unionville right, right? They got the Unionville. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the one thing that cracks me up, not to totally go off of Warehouse 13, but that a lot of things that uh, Hallmark films, too, they... Like, there was one that they filmed at Wallowa Lake, which is northeastern Oregon. I mean, I, I like, grew up there. And they were supposedly filmed it at The Lodge. And I, I, I saw this lodge come up on the picture, and I was like, yeah, n- n- that's... No, <laughs> it's that, like a shed. <laughs> that's not even... Cl- no, this is like, they've got this big, nice, huge mansion, and they're making the lake look like this destination place. And I'm like... <laughs> I really hope no one thinks that that's what they're going to see when they go to the Wallowa Lake Lodge, because it's literally like a log cabin kind of thing. <laughs> so it's it's like not a, anywhere a near what they're putting on the screen. <laughs> so a pond and a little bit of one bedroom cabin. Like something no, it, I mean, it's a nice lodge. There are several rooms, but it was built with logs. Like, it's not huge. That big mansion looking thing is actually in several hallmarks if you watch it shows up as the same man a cabin i'm like i was gonna mention that i think i know the one that you're talking about it's really (laughs) dark brown and it's it's got a an elbow in it and i've seen it i've seen it and if not that one i've seen ones like it and they do they use it over and over they film like six or seven or eight movies same houses too you're like what that house that was in that episode. I don't know. You're giving me some Friday Thirteenth vibes there. No yeah. cabin in the woods. Talking about Friday Thirteenth, <laughs> the old lady when she throws her husband's ashes, ashes at the, and then she breaks out the spray paint and then starts to spray paint graffiti in the F word mm-hmm. and like, ooh, this is. She got a little aggressive. Yeah, this whole thing is risque. I mean, the F word and then. Actually, we talked about touching the boobies last episode. There was some actual boobies. There was some grabbage in this one. There was some grabbage in this one, yes. I'm wondering, was she okay with that, you think? The actress? I don't know. I mean, Joanne Kelly. I guess you just. I know, and later on in the series, she wasn't okay. There was this one particular episode in the fifth season, which I don't claim the fifth season, but I know we're going to have to go there eventually. Where she had to put on a pair of panties, and it was an artifact, but she had to pull them on in order to get the spark in order for it to go, but she said she didn't like that. I was like, well, I remember watching behind the scenes where they were like, why do I have to wear this, and he doesn't have to wear this, you know? (laughs) But then again, she also wore pleather and boots, and I was She was (laughs) dressed up in a a lot of leather in in France uh, when she was kicking butt. I'm just saying I'm a fan. She was, yep. There wasn't just the boobies touchage. There was the mud wrestling, basically, in the goo at the very beginning between her and Pete. Yes. Yeah, they got it. You know, that that negative energy. They're just, uh, they can't have that negative energy in the warehouse. takes it and throws it on her. I know. Splat. 
Yeah. yeah, you didn't see her face, so I can only imagine it was pre-coordinated and that she had actually closed her eyes, mouth, and everything. One would hope. <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. But, but but again, you get to see the camaraderie of the, of the two people that are becoming, A, friends, and learning how to be partners and trust each other. Because, take it from me, you have to have trust when you have a partner that you're spending all day long with. Well, yeah, she wants him to... Uh lock her up because she's she's been infected so she needs to be locked up she can't be trusted and he's like you're just gonna have to trust me that i trust you and i can figure this out and even if he takes a punch i still trust you so <sighs> uh, yeah at the end when he was like if you were going to tell me that i was going to be like kicked you know smacked to death by my partner if this is the way i was gonna die about my partner, <laughs> i'd be very low on the list so another thing to date this is the 50 cent newspaper where there was actually oh, man, a newspaper yes. box. It was 50 cents and it was right there on the cents. street and the old lady knocks it over and it's like 50 cents. Can you believe this? And then she walked away. But the fact that there was a newspaper box on the street and right? this was 2009, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Well, I could date it another way. That was the year before Mala- before McKay was born. I remember that. I was in Hawaii when Michaela was born. January of 2010? Yeah. It was a cold weekend. It was warm for me. (laughs) It was for me too, actually. Everyone else had to suffer. (laughs) Well, I would hope so. If it was cold in Hawaii, that's really in a lot of trouble. It was like 20s and here in Dallas, I spent 17 hours in a room with blankets. I was good. Well, it does get cold there from time to time. Like my parents took a Hawaiian cruise, like you get on a boat and you cruise to all the islands in 10 days. So you get the whole experience, whatever. Unfortunately, when my parents went, it was like the coldest week Hawaii had gotten in a hundred years. So it was like 40 degrees and stuff like that. So the the boat is not outfitted for cold weather. So they said they were like huddling in, in the, uh, the dining rooms and stuff like that. Just trying to stay warm during the transits. (laughs) All I can say is it's almost hoodie weather. It's almost hand solo weather. Yeah, right now, almost fall, y'all. We've, you know what? You can keep your warm weather, um, Shannon. You sent me like yesterday. I had a hundred and six degree temperature here, and today it's like it reached, I think, a hundred. And we've got wildfire smoke all over the place. So not only do you like walk outside and feel like you're breathing a campfire, yeah. but it's hot. You walk it's outside not humid. Here, it feels but it's, like you're opening an oven. Yes, it feels like you opened an oven. And I could tell you, even though for even though we're in the middle of August, right? This is still, I think yesterday or maybe the day before was the first time we broke over a thirty day streak of double, triple digits. So today yeah, you it was whole it. whopping ninety eight, which felt like a cool front. So I, I don't want it. You can keep it. I don't, I don't want, want it, it either. I don't want it either. <laughs> Waiting for September. Well, let's keep the temperature up a little bit. Let's cook some cookies. And Carolyn's mom has a very important job on this podcast. The only, I mean, there was in the beginning when they were discussing going to Colorado. There were plates being cleared from the table. Whether or not there were cookies on them, we don't know. However, at the end, the very end, there was a plate of cookies, but the only person that ate a cookie was Artie. Neither Micah nor Pete grabbed a cookie off of that, nor did they drink their milk. 
because they were telling Artie that uh, they blew up his car. They're too busy punking him. And then they said, psych. <laughs> nice car Although, with GPS in it. Uh, yeah. And, a cassette and, tape. Those, and that custom leather. <laughs> see, those must be like custom like leather. Tape. Yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised it wasn't an eight track for Artie. It should have been an eight track. Well, at a certain age, a certain person wants a nice car. There wasn't any cookies eaten by Pete or Micah that I could tell, but Artie did eat a cookie at the end. Artie also had, you know, the warehouse thing going on, and Lena was right there with him, like, you need any help? And he's like, da, 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 you know, refusing to get help. And then the entire electrical grid goes down, and she goes, I guess I am helping. How about, uh, I, was, I laughed at the part, actually, because I'm, I'm just looking for it. He's like, oh, I found it. Yeah, I found it. Yep, he needs he needs a helper that's going to make his life living hell for the while, and then, you know, he become like a daughter to him. So out of the three episodes, I would say my favorite is still the pilot. I would say my second favorite is this episode, Magnetism. I think it beat out Resonance from last time. Yeah. Oh, did you, the chair, the artifact, the second artifact that actually was causing all of this was actually a James, James Braid. Yep. James yep. Braid's chair. He's the father of hypnotherapy. That was so, the second artifact. Is it true? Who is this person? Is it a true person? I don't know. I didn't look it up. I just wrote it down. <laughs> I remember. I think, I think it is. I mean, the, the artifact itself releases people's subconscious desires. When people sit in the chair, the ire springs activate the artifact's properties when a descendant of James Braid with similar vocal patterns speak to people in the chair. The descendant's voice acting as a tuning fork It is the main artifact of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is some seriously uh, like the sheriff's subconscious desire to um, squash a virus and. He's got conspiracy. Man, you want a guy who thinks there's conspiracies everywhere. This is this the sheriff's subconscious was like, woo, that's a little over the top. I went to Brit, Brit, uh, what is it called? Britannica? Brit Britannica? Britannica. Yeah. That like thing. the encyclopedias? Britannica. Like- I went to, yeah, I went to Britannica. James Braid was born in 1795 in Scotland. He died in March 25th, 1860. He was noted as a surgeon and a pioneer investigator of hypnosis. who did much to divorce that phenomenon from prevailing theories of animal magnetism. I believe he was also a golfer. So what we're saying is that even though he may not have been that important, he's still history and it's true. It, yeah, it was still mostly true. I mean, that's kind of cool. That's cool. I think they do that stuff on purpose. I think they, they go through and they take artifacts that no one's ever heard of, but if you go and look at them, like, oh, maybe that is true. Uh, it was a different James Braid that was the golfer. This was just the surgeon. Can you imagine the magnetism on the golf? Yes, it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't like golf, but I just don't like doing it. So I tried it as a kid. It was all right, but it didn't ever stick. I don't have the patience for putt putt. I could never do golf. I don't mind mini golf. I actually like mini golf. I will do mini golf, but I'm not a golfer per se. 
Although it's funny because my grandma wanted us to play golf and uh, because I'm left-handed, she wanted, she wouldn't buy me left-handed golf clubs. She wanted me to learn right-handed. And if I liked it, then she would buy me left-handed golf clubs. I'm like, but I've already learned right-handed. So why would I want left-handed golf clubs? You know, it's funny so how... So I actually golf right, right-handed. To get off topic for just a second, for those left-handed people in a right-handed world... Ugh. That most people don't realize that everything is is right-handed people. Even the pen that you that you hold in your hand, the letters are upside down if you put it in your left hand. I mean, no, the letters are upside down if you hold it in your right hand. It makes sense. Or I said that backwards. Oh, it is. Hang on. Yes, if you put the pen in your left hand, the lettering is upside down because it's meant for right-handed people. See, he's going to test it. Putting a pen yeah. in your yeah. Oh, yes. oh, 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 written on the pin, the pin. Yeah. The stuff written on a yeah. pin. So yeah. it's made for right-handed people. So you could see it when it's upside down. If we hold it in our left hand. I never really noticed that. Snobs. The only things that I notice that are a pain in the butt to use are scissors. Yes. Those hurt. Yes. Stick, but- stick scissors in your left hand, SP. <laughs> it hurts. But you. I've done it. But you learn how to use a right-handed. Yeah, I I lost uh, usage of my right hand for half the year last year, so I had to do everything left-handed. So yeah, wow. I, yeah. okay. And I am right-handed, but I shoot left-handed in hockey. Well, that's funny. When I was in fifth grade, I broke my left wrist, and we—I never had therapy or anything, but I lost all of my strength. So I eat, and I write left-handed, but. When you're forced to have to use the other hand, that's where your strength comes out. I can't even shoot my weapon left-handed. How many bones have you broken in your life, Shannon? <laughs> uh, my nose, <laughs> my thumb, a rib on each side. Ouch. My foot. Does my head count? Yes. Absolutely. We'll count that one. That's a lot of bones. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm forgetting something. I'm going to have to wrap you in bubble wrap. So did five I, or six. Did I say my thumb? You should say so. your thumb. Oh, okay. Yeah. So six. I have a co-host on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Sith Witch. Seven. I, my wrist. Oh, <laughs> between you and her, so accident prone. Except for you're not really accident prone. You, you are more <laughs> just aggressive. I am aggressive. <laughs> I no. Have, I broke my pinky toe one time. I was I was riding my bike and I was jumping Ouch. curbs barefooted. Uh-oh, yeah, that'll because do I was it. stupid, right? And when I jumped it, my foot slipped off the pedal and my, and my foot hit the curb mm. as I was going over it. Uh, aggressive. Ow. Aggressive. I don't think I... I didn't break my back, obviously, but I really bruised it because I skateboarded off the roof of my house one time. I remember this story. Of course you did. <laughs> Into the back of your dad's truck, right? Yes. He had of a, I course put, you I did. A, yeah, of course I did. I put a mattress in the back of my dad's truck. Oh god. My dad was a roofer. So I took his ladder and climbed uh, put up against the wall and I climbed up there with my skateboard and it was perfectly matched. Everything and I I landed perfectly on it, just where I thought I was going to land. But I didn't take an account for the bounce. And when I bounced out, I hit the the corner of the house with my spine or right next to oh. my spine. 
And of course, as a kid, it's one of those things that you're never going to tell anybody that you've just done this. No. Yeah. So just like putting nails. Yeah. Just like putting nails in the street, watching them disappear. Yeah, I've done that. So when my dad came out to check on me and I was trying to sit up a nail with my with my shoe and I just had to step down on it so he wouldn't get caught. And then it was a roofer's nail, a short little fat nail. And I couldn't get it out by myself, and I had to have him take it out along with my shoe. Karma's bitch. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. But yes, I have skateboarded off the house. I have jumped off the back of the truck and broke my foot. Aggressive is a good word for me, yes. Mm -hmm. It's a miracle Mm -hmm. you're still alive. Tell me about it. I mean, sometimes I don't know if I am. <laughs> my my short term memory has disappeared this year. What did you just say? Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you guys speaking? I had to know. Bear had to make a chart for me yesterday with her own little ten ten year old. Right? She made a chart for me for when I take my medicine because I could take it, and then minutes you later, you it, took it. I don't remember I yep. took it, but did I take it? But I can't take another one because you have to space them out. So I'm like, now I got to wait. Can you put it in like a little pill bottle that's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I have to. Like, just take that out for the day. And then you can look at, because I, I that's, did that for my parents so that they know that they've taken the drugs. I have them, but I <laughs> use that sure. only to take that with me at different locations. Like I keep one in my work bag. I keep one in my work truck and my regular truck. I t- take it with me. But I take it 12 hours apart, so 7.30 and 7.30. So you think I'd remember, but. Well, I think they have ones that have like a, you can also set alarms on your phone. I have one of those. T- well, the alarm could go off and, and you take the pill. Yeah. And then five minutes later, you'd be like, did I take my pill? Exactly. So I'm just saying, I remember things long term, but my short term is kind of shot. But, you know, when they rewire everything inside your head for a while. I guess that's what that happens. But yeah, that that happens. Damn it. So next time we're going to be talking about Warehouse 13 season 1 episode 4 Claudia. Yay! This will be our introduction <laughs> to a favorite main character. We're all looking forward to this. I mean, none of it's been bad so far, but this is going to be fun. I so need a Claudia at work. Meet Claudia. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need a Claudia yeah. at my warehouse. That would make things so much easier to the day. <laughs> I think everybody could use a Claudia. I seem to be the Claudia at work, actually. I fix things. So Me if too. you want to leave us hate mail, you can go ahead and email Shannon. She's got a special email set up for this. Don't warehouse hate on me. 13. No, hate mail on me. Oh. Warehouse 13, the number 13, not the word 13. Warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. No one's going to hate on us. Everyone loves th- Warehouse 13. And if you didn't, if you didn't, why would you listen to us? <laughs> well, they, they're listening for you. They're not listening for me. They just want me to shut up. But I'm awesome, so we'll get no hate mail. <laughs> Yeah, okay. no, I, I don't. I mean, no one, no one talks to the janitor anyway. So <laughs> you walked into that one. We found out in the Breakfast Club why that's actually important. <laughs> nice one, nice comeback there. Yeah, child there of go. the eighties, right there. Yeah, 
Uh, uh, child of the seventies, but lived through the eighties. Yeah. Yes. Me too. I was born yeah. in seventy six. Yep. Yeah, you're bicentennial, baby. I know. I hope you get to see the next centennial, by the way. I won't make it there, but I hope you do. Look. That's a lot. Look. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just Let's just take praise that I'm actually going to make it to my, unless something happens to me now and then, to my next birthday next month. So, yeah, woohoo. Woohoo. It was a, yeah, so send an email and wish Shannon a happy birthday. There was a good possibility that wasn't going to happen. Warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We did have some feedback on the X, Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter. We did have like a, one person that. Oh, yeah. Twitter. Well, who? Um, what? Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter because I like Twitter because I right. like tweets rather than whatever you call it on X's? the X. So we got some feedback. We did. It was from uh, Suncast. All right. He uh, said that he's liking the Warehouse 13 podcast. And then he said, do you think in an alternate reality? Oh, yeah. I remember answering that one. Warehouse 13 could become a series in the vein of Doctor Who, by which I mean the warehouse is the doctor that continually reincarnates and has rotating groups of companions that surround it. That was a deep question. I can just tell you, I answered that like at two in the morning and I was on drugs. Not you did, drug, but actually, it but was on pretty good. Are you not on, on drugs? On, I mean, on not the bad ones, but on my <laughs> my broken head drugs. Okay. Yeah, you're but, constantly on them all the time. I know, but I still answer that. You <laughs> did. You did. You did answer did it. Um, and uh, and then I did too. I said, "Ooh, that's a that's an interesting thought." Now, I full disclosure, I have never watched Doctor Who. Um, <gasps> me either. Me either I but I love yes. Doctor Oh my god, I'm a terrible sci-fi person. Uh, no, I just never watched it. Um, but I, I, it's not like I don't know what... I mean, you can't be a sci-fi fan and not know who Doctor Who is and the TARDIS and everything else. I get the, the things, but I don't know it. So I was like, that's, a, that's an interesting um, idea. And uh, then he said... He thinks if it had been treated a little more like Doctor Who, the series could have lasted longer. It shares many of the core similarities. If they had changed it up a little bit, I think they could have gone that way. It could have been that there was a warehouse movie moves, reincarnates, and a new group of agents companions are selected. But it does there's that. so much more in the respected similarities to Doctor Who. Perhaps perhaps they didn't want to try that. Or perhaps they didn't want, DiFi didn't want to do that. I, but but you I, notice well, I answer that the warehouse does reincarnate. That's why there's yeah, 13. There's been yeah, 13 you, you of them. The agents yeah. reincarnate. There's always agents. Even when they pass away, they get put into the echelon vault, vault but they still find more. So, I mean, it does that in a sense because you already had Warehouse 12, which was in London with HG, to Warehouse 13. And I think at the end of the series, I want to say it was moving to China or something like that. It was it was getting ready remember. to move. Do you remember at the end of the series when it was getting the warehouse wanted to move? It wasn't the agents. Yeah. So you either yeah. move with it or you don't. But it but that's the yeah, same so thing. Yeah. So we appreciate we appreciate Suncast for uh, reaching yeah. out to us and giving us that feedback. It was interesting to talk about, even though I haven't ever. Don't don't hate me. Don't don't send me hate mail. I haven't ever watched Doctor Who. They can't send you. I've never, I've never watched Doctor Who either. 
But like you, I understand the basis of it. But I like watching Torchwood. Yeah, I didn't see that. First of all, my favorite doctor is Tom Baker. And it's a lot of people's favorite doctor that grew up about the same time I did. And is I know, that the curly-haired guy? Yeah. I, <laughs> I know a lot of people have favorite doctors. And my favorite is just Tom Baker. You can't take that away from me. And he was in the, the special that they had, the Day of the Doctor, the Night of the Doctor, that sort of stuff. He was actually in it. So he, they got to bring him back. And the warehouse is very TARDIS-like. And, and basically, I think, you know, you gender, you swap, not gender swap, but you swap the Doctor for the TARDIS. And that's what you have with the warehouse. The warehouse has been reincarnated. Right. I think they're already doing that, Suncast. We just didn't see the next iteration with sci-fi. Because they weren't going to be able to continue the series any longer. It's not like the BBC where they were able to keep this going. Matter of fact, even Doctor Who was in threat of not continuing recently. So nothing's well, immune to. Do you think Doctor Who cancellation, especially yeah. when you're on DiFi? Do you yeah. think Doctor Who would have been canceled a long time ago if they tried to stay with one Doctor all the time? You get boring after a while because you do well, the that- same thing over again. That was the pro- that is a special that came on. If you're not steeped in the Doctor Who history, there was a special, I forget what the title of it was, that came along uh, the same week, I think, as the Day of the Doctor, and it was about the first Doctor. So you get to see what happened at that point in time, and the first Doctor literally was just getting too old to continue. Doctor Who was a surprising hit. They never knew that they were going to get to the stardom that they did and the main actor that they had everybody beloved he, he loved they loved him he was beloved but uh he just couldn't do it anymore he couldn't remember his lines he was tired he couldn't act mm-hmm. and they were he was thinking of ways to keep this going and then the staff was like no we're we're going to write you out of the show it's a beautiful death scene and then they did their first regeneration and mm-hmm. that's what kept that show going and then because they had already done the regeneration, they were able to do it again and again and again and again. Right. So yeah, you once, once the, you have that mold. So yeah. instead of changing the doctor, you change the warehouse. So it's kind but, of on the same basis. But they already do that in the show. They just didn't right. do it on sci-fi. We never got to yeah. see the change. That's what they were going to do. With the they talked very about previous warehouses. Yeah. And then, the you know, the the caretakers that have been there to not only steward, be stewards of the warehouse, but be stewards of the things and go out and grab the things and make sure the world is safe kind of thing. So it's kind of along the same lines. Yep. But unfortunately, we only got to see one iteration of a warehouse. We only got Warehouse 13. We didn't get anything else. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you're interested in Doctor Who, I can recommend a podcast. It's called Gallifrey Public Radio. I know the hosts of that. It's a very good show. And they've interviewed a lot. It's an American show. It's not a British show. They've interviewed a lot of the cast that come over here. And they've gone to the sets and the experience over in the UK and stuff like that. That's cool. So, yeah, you can catch that. It's Gallifrey Public Radio. I think it's GallifreyPublicRadio.com. It is a very good Doctor Who podcast. There's many out there. So if that's not your speed, you know, you can find something else out there. But Doctor Who is a fandom that spans way back to the early 60s. It's huge. Yeah. And I guarantee you there is nobody left alive today that has seen every single episode because they've lost episodes, so they don't have them to show anymore. All right. Anything else? 
I really liked this episode. I thought it was good. I thought uh, it was interesting to see everyone, what comes out of everyone's subconscious, like a nurse that wants, or the, the nurse <laughs> just wants to touch boobies because his wife is still breastfeeding, uh, you know, and uh, the, nun the nun that thought she could fly because she, she wants escape. to escape. Yep. yep. The uh, done. brilliant, brilliant violinist kid who actually really hates playing the violin. <laughs> His I can see that. His mama probably made him do it. Yeah, more he's than really, like, yeah. really good, and he just wants to go out and play with people or whatever. Yeah, he just wants to be a normal kid, and he's not. He has to do all these violin things that his mom's probably making him do, which he's a, a brilliant violinist, but, I mean, as a kid, all you want to do is play with your other friends. I think one of the things that made this such a good episode, it was basically a second pilot. Yes, we are a third episode in, but it was directed by the same guy that did the pilot. So you got hmm. a retread, a rerun, going into the third episode magnetism and i think you got a lot of the same feels but you got some slight corrections because you got a different a slightly different pete from the pilot he's definitely more got funny. a different micah yeah definitely got a different yeah, and you get to see the micah. playfulness between the two and mm -hmm. they were able to take the characters jace was able to take the characters and just run with it so i think having the same you never get this. You never get the guy who or gal that directs a pilot to come back a few episodes later. So just by the fact that Jace was able to do this, I think really set this series on a great foot because usually it starts to be like, eh, where, where's the series? What's the footing or whatever? But he just hits you bang, bang, one and three. And you're like, OK, I'm ready to go. Yeah, another favorite scene was the uh, when Lena and Micah were talking and Micah was like, God, he is such a child. I can't handle him. He is such a child. And Lena's like, I think he's sexy. She <laughs> leaned, <laughs> You could just kind of see Micah's revulsion. She's like, so not my type. And then she's like, well, what is your type? He's like, she says, someone with opposable thumbs. <laughs> We're so going to come that, around to that, that later on. I'm just that, saying. Yeah. That, that, you know, like brother, sister, kind of like, oh my God, you drive me crazy, but I have to protect you because you're my partner and I, I worry about you, but oh, why are yeah, you such Carolyn. an idiot? We're going to have to come back and quote this episode, what you just said. Yes, I know. When I yes, go on my soapbox, but I have to like do a smackdown on the people because Jack Kitty. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got a soapbox in that room because your husband uses it quite a bit. Yeah. Like, so he does. That's funny. Yes, he does. <laughs> All right. That's it for this podcast. Remember, warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. The intro music is Sci-Fi Hybrid Intro by Soundmake, and the outro music is Science Fiction by tunes to go both were purchased on Pond5.com. Look in here, I'm like...
Why am I looking to the corner? But he's moved the camera. I don't know if I like it. Hang on. Oh, I see. I can move you. Whoa. I moved. You did? I can move everybody. (laughs) You got to tell me before. I got to close my eyes. I'm going to get dizzy. You do that stuff. (laughs) Okay. Close your eyes. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much. What? I told you to close your eyes. I get the same way. Aha. There I am. Okay. With all my. There. Now you're perfect. (laughs) Right. Well. Right in the middle. Okay. Uh oh. I had open. to move your camera because I couldn't figure out why I couldn't see myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> the door slowly closes. <laughs> I, I could feel Sean rolling his eyes and going, hey, just slam her in there for the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you guys record Strange New Worlds yet? Yeah, where's our podcast, woman? I don't, I don't know. No. You haven't recorded it yet? Who said I was going to do Strange New Worlds? Oh, sorry. 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 No. <laughs> the podcast, honey. For some the reason podcast. For, look, for some reason, for, I thought strange, you know, Stranger Things. No, we haven't done it because Jake had his wedding anniversary this weekend or whatever, and his wife uh, said, I, I didn't know, it's like, I'm sorry, and there's no terms are we going to do it. <laughs> so, and then he had to work, so. Yeah, that's valid. Okay, fine. That's valid. For some strange reason, I thought you said stranger things, but you know, brain injury. (laughs) Gonna forever use that brain injury. 